everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Today in Town Packers podcast. My name is Griffin, and I'm joined by Braun, and we are back after uh, a few months off, but we're back because there is some drama in Green Bay, Wisconsin. Uh, the draft also happened, but obviously it kind of feels like less important than it would in normal years because our quarterback wants to be traded, and uh, I'm, I'm not handling that news very well. Braun, how are you? How have you been? Uh, well, this is obviously not... Uh, you know, it's the last thing we wanted, uh, especially after the heartbreaking endings we've had to the past two seasons. And, you know, we were pretty adamant uh, in our agreement that we didn't think anything would happen this year, uh, at least because of, you know, the Packers situation. And we never thought Rodgers himself would want out. But obviously now um, it seems like that's the case. Uh, you know, we never thought that it would get to this point where Rodgers himself would want to leave Green Bay. Um, and that is really what it's come down to here. And now the whole process of of this Jordan Love Rogers situation has accelerated to now, um, and and there's so much to talk about. This is a true, um, just a true puzzle with just about a million pieces that it's really hard to put together. And we're we're gonna try to do that here today, though. Yeah, it's been a gigantic puzzle just due to the amount of reporting that's been coming out over the past four days. I mean, obviously, Adam Schefter drops the bombshell of a story about how Aaron is so disgruntled with the organization that he has told some that he's not going to return to the team. And ever since that initial story broke, it seems like every single person on Twitter who has any kind of source inside the NFL is just tweeting whatever they want to. I mean, we've seen a number of reports that have been debunked over the last four days, like Trey Wingo's on Thursday, he tweeted how uh Gutekunz told Rodgers that they were going to trade him this offseason and now they're backtracking uh Gutekunz, someone brought that up to him during a press conference and he was pretty he seemed pretty annoyed by that uh by that report and so I mean that just sounds so ridiculous and then there was the other one about how uh, Rodgers would only return to the team, only consider returning if Gutekunz was out. AJ Hawk said today on the Pat McAfee show that that is uh, that he doesn't believe that to be true. Who who knows what what's true? I mean, all we know that is true right now is that Aaron Rodgers is disgruntled with the Packers and they are at odds. And that simple fact is not some something that uh, you feel comfortable with as a Packers fan, knowing how important Rodgers is to the success of this franchise. And uh, I mean, I don't I don't know what it's going to take to reconcile that relationship i don't know if aaron's i I don't know what i don't know what he's upset over no one does i wish we could just hear the man speak and just like someone needs to just ask him what's got you so worked up buddy you know i mean yeah griff we all want to know what aaron has to say what what's you know we don't know anything really all we know is all these conflicting reports these different reports you know the gudekins thing about him wanting to be fired you know rob domovsky thinks it's true aj hawk says there's no way it's true all these people you know, making things up, you know, we, we had seen, you know, reports that, uh, you know, Rogers was getting traded to Denver on draft night and it was a done deal. I mean, like, we, it's just such a, it's, I have to tell you, this is the most unbelievable, you know, situation with a player, the most dramatic, the most, you know, chaotic that I've ever been a part of in terms of fandom. And, and it's just really unbelievable. I, I, it's so hard to wrap my mind around all this at once. And, uh, we're going to try to talk it out, like I mentioned, and, and there's just so many pieces to this puzzle. Um, number one, I want to talk about uh, how how much of an impact you think the Jordan Love pick has on you know how Rodgers feels, or if, it, if it's something more, or if it's plenty of other things. I have a lot of theories on this, and I want to hear your thoughts uh, on what you think that, that pick has to do with everything. It's it's so it's such a complicated situation. It really is just a thousand piece puzzle that we're all trying to put together. I can't believe it's only been four days that 
since this original story broke. I mean, these days they're going by so slow with new information coming out, what seems like every hour. But right now, what I think is the biggest issue with Rodgers, if I put myself in his shoes, I think the man realizes he is 37 years old and he is probably not going to retire a Green Bay Packer considering they just drafted Jordan Love with a first-round pick and they're going to want him on the field at some point. So I think Aaron realizes that and he's saying, hey, if I, I, I'm 37, I want to be where I'm going to retire. If I'm not going to retire in Green Bay, then I need to be traded now because I only have so many more years of playing at a high level. I mean, who knows? He says he wants to retire at 45, play th- till he's 45, but how often does that actually happen other than Tom Brady? How often does a player go into his 40s still playing at an MVP level? He could do it, and if he thinks he can do it, he wants to get to that he can he wants to get to that new team as soon as possible. And he realizes that Jordan Love is he's going to get on the field at some point. Aaron's days in Green Bay are numbered. He wants out now just so he can make the most of his remaining years. See, I I have trouble believing that because there's these reports about him, you know, wanting to uh, being willing to retire from Green Bay. So is he willing to, let's say he retires, is he willing to sacrifice a year and then the Packers move on to Jordan Love? And then this is what my theory all along, if he was to retire, it would be uh, so he, so he can kind of like take a year off and then the Packers will have to move on to Jordan Love and then they'll just trade Aaron because they've already moved on. Similar to what happened with Brett Favre when they had named Aaron Rodgers the starter, Brett comes back and they had already moved on. So they traded Brett to, to the Jets. But I'm not sure Aaron will be willing to sit at the age of now. He'll be 38. He, uh, will, will he be willing to sit a full year and then come back at the age of 38, you know, getting close to 39? I mean, that's at West one year of the five to seven he said he had left that goes out the door. I'm not sure he's willing to do that. I, I feel like as much as, you know, whatever he wants, we don't know, as disgruntled as he is, is he the type of player, the type of person to sit out, to retire just so he doesn't have to play for the team that he's played for his whole career with his brothers that he's played for for so long. I just find that hard to believe. As much as those reports are saying, I just find it hard to believe. Aaron's never been that type to sit out. You know what I mean? Like, it just doesn't make any sense, especially the competitor that he is and the drive that he has to win a Super Bowl. And he feels like, I know he feels like he can do it with this current team. It may, I just find it hard to believe, but it's another piece of the puzzle that we're just, you know, it's so it's so hard to wrap my mind around all this, and, and that's one of the pieces I don't understand. Yeah, the the report about him willing to retire this season, it's A.J. Hawk said there was a 0% chance of that happening. I mean, what does A.J. Hawk know? I'm not sure, but he did just spend a day with him on Saturday at the Kentucky Derby, so I, I'm willing to believe that he has some he has, he has some sort of grasp on this situation that we don't, so I'm going to take his word for that. But, I mean it's i don't know i don't know what what it's going to come down to because we don't we obviously don't have to trade him gutikunz is adamant on the fact that we're not going to trade aaron Rodgers. he said that a number of times um so if it plays out like this all summer it's going to come down to aaron holding out of training camp and holding out of the season which like you said it just doesn't seem like a aaron Rodgers thing to do knowing he's 37 knowing he wants that second super bowl third super bowl so badly so I don't know if he. I don't know how. I don't know how this situation can come to an end with us trading him. Like that just seems like that seems like almost impossible at this point. The way Gudikins talks about the situation, but I also don't know how it can be reconciled. This relationship. I, it maybe this someone put this on Twitter on Thursday night because <laughs> if you flash back to Thursday, it seems like so long ago. Everyone thought that 
this would have to happen on Thursday night, the trade, because that's when you're going to get the most value. That's another fake report that trade to Denver that Mark Schlereth reported was coming all but a done deal. Everyone thought he was on the way to Denver. Um, but after the draft, someone pointed out how maybe this was just uh, Aaron's like, all right, I'm going to I'm going to play in Green Bay at least one more year. But this is just like a, a slap in the face for the Packers PR. Just I don't know, out of spite. I'm not sure. But I don't, I don't know what this situation can come down to because I don't know if Green Bay is willing to trade him this summer for future picks. Uh, I, <laughs> I don't know what would sway them in that direction, but I also don't know what would sway Aaron in the direction of coming back to the team because there's a report that he did turn down an extension from Green Bay. We'll get into that, but I, I just don't know what the future holds. It's going to be a very long summer for us Packer fans. This is something that they've they've known about for a long time. Obviously, Brian Gutekunst said that to Sports Illustrated uh, for the Monday Morning Quarterback article that I'm sure some people have seen. Not everybody, but um, that was one thing he had said. This is you know this is not new. And if they really were interested in trading Rodgers, like you mentioned, it would have happened before the draft. I, I really do. I really think it would have happened before then because that was when they could maximize their value on him. Um, but now at this point, it's very clear that they want him as their quarterback based on the fact that they've kept him in the fold, past the draft, when they could have gotten that number three pick and more and, and plenty of more, um, it makes you feel good to know that at least they are staying tried and true to the fact that they are not going to trade Aaron Rodgers, um, barring something unforeseen, I guess. But, you know, Gutekunst was asked, under any circumstances, will you trade Aaron Rodgers? And he said, absolutely not. We are not trading Aaron Rodgers. So I have confidence in the front office's, you know, statement there. Um, but the one thing I'm not sure about is how they can get past this with Aaron in the fold. Um, it's just like, we, the problem is we don't know what he wants and we're sitting here, not, he hasn't spoken about anything yet. I'm sure he'll at one point potentially go on the Pat McAfee show. Um, all we've heard from is he's gone to the Kentucky Derby. He said something to Mike Tirico along the lines of, I love green Bay. I love the fans. And I was disappointed that this news got out, which I'm not sure what to even make of that. He had an interview regarding nothing but horse racing at the Kentucky Derby. Nobody asked him about football. Um, and then we saw him like uh, a Devontae Adams tweet that says, it said, you got to appreciate what you got while you got it. And Aaron Rodgers liked that. And to me, what that all that was, was, was you're talking about Devontae Adams, you know, loves his superstar quarterback. And to me, he's basically saying, you know, treat him right, because you don't know how long you're going to have a guy like that, and they need to treat him right. And I think it's Devontae telling the back the Packers to do that. And I think Aaron's obviously agreeing by liking that tweet. Uh, I don't think Devontae is rooting for, for Aaron to leave, certainly. I, I just I just think we have to wait and see on that. Uh, you know, and it's becoming painful really as we as we, you know, the days, the hours go on where new little sprinkles of, of information come through that really mean nothing but everybody's trying to dissect and understand without Aaron Rodgers really talking and saying anything. Um, so that's definitely, you know, one thing to me is, is that uh, there's a lot of things going on. And, and but the one thing we know for sure is that Aaron hasn't said anything to this point, and, and that's really the key factor here. I, I, <laughs> I don't know if he's going to do an interview uh, before he's traded, assuming that he does get traded, which might not happen. But I don't know. I don't know if he's going to go on the McAfee show because I, I, would, I would like him to. I would like to hear his perspective on this situation. But um, uh, another report that came out today was Rappaport saying that uh, the the release of Jake Kumaro last summer was a death knell in the relationship. I think that's been kind of blown out of proportion today on Twitter. But I mean, that's something that that Aaron's you know passively passive aggressively hinted at over the years about how he doesn't have much say over 
the the personnel decisions of the Green Bay Packers. Uh, go back to Jared Aberderis. Remember, he was really rallying for Aberderis. He gets cut. Kumaro gets cut. We didn't bring back Randall Cobb. Jordy Nelson we cut. Clay Matthews we let walk. I mean, this is just a thing. You know, obviously, people on Twitter love to talk about... People on Twitter have been really pissing me off lately. But people on Twitter love to talk about how Oh, he's the quarterback. He's not the GM. He needs to know his place. Yeah, obviously. He's not he's not he doesn't want to be the co general manager with Brian Gutekunst. But others when he looks around the league, sees Tom Brady, who the Buccaneers bend over backwards for uh this this season, and he wins a Super Bowl. And other superstars in all of sports, they get that treatment where they have an input on the way the team is built because they they are a large reason for why that team is successful. Aaron has gotten none of that treatment over the years. And I mean, credit to him, he hasn't really, he hasn't thrown a fit over it ever. I mean, he's other than little comments he's made at press conferences and whatnot. But I mean, it gets to a point where the, the last straw on the camel's back, if you will, he just gets so irritated by all of it, where he, he gets to this point where he gets, he wa- he wants out of the team and he wants to get on with his life and go to a team who will treat him like the the superstar quarterback that he is. Now, I, I understand the Packers' perspective on all of this as well. Now, we, <laughs> there's just so much, Bron. There's so much. You could talk about Jordan Love, that selection. I understand the Packers' perspective on selecting Jordan Love in last year's draft. I don't think it was worth the 26th pick, let alone trading up for him, because I do not think he was that good of a quarterback in college, and it doesn't seem like the rest of the league believes so either. But I understand the fact that your quarterback is coming off of two pedestrian seasons. You're going to draft for the future. You, The worst time to look for a quarterback is when you need one. But I also <laughs> am irritated by the selection because if you look at the teams on off, if you look at the offense in 2019 and 2018, you can argue that Aaron's play was due to the fact that there was not much around him outside of Devontae Adams and Aaron Jones. Um, so getting him more talent will, will probably produce better results. He was last year's draft. He was on the Pat McAfee show talking about how he assumed it would be a receiver and they did not contact Aaron Rodgers before selecting Jordan love, something that the Buccaneers did for Tom Brady. They, he was in the loop about how they were going to select a quarterback in the second round this year. And uh, who else? Who was the other one? Who's the other quarterback that you got drafted? Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton, right. And even Andy freaking Dalton was contacted in advance of the Bears selection of Justin Fields. So I understand. Yeah, (laughs) you just got signed this season. Never played a game for the Bears, but he was contacted about this stuff. So I understand why Aaron would be frustrated about that pick. And now it gets to this point where he knows he's on the outs at some point. He's not going to retire a Green Bay Packer like he wanted. So we're back-to-back Hall of Fame quarterbacks have ended like this in Green Bay. I mean, it's it's pretty embarrassing. I, I They didn't really learn a lesson from Brett Favre, and they're back at this situation with Aaron Rodgers. So it's just there's so many layers to all of this, Bron. Yeah, well, I know you're you're saying it's over and this and that, like, and it, and it looks it looks to be that way, unfortunately. And but I still have a lot of hope that they can make the, something happen here, and and in order to reconcile, it's probably going to include something long term, some kind of security for Aaron. And I feel like you know this is a discussion that I want to have with you, Griff. I mean, for me, honestly, I feel Aaron's pain on this one because uh, he's been through a lot with this with this organization. Um, he's been mistreated greatly compared to other uh, star quarterbacks. And even just, you know, like you mentioned, first of all, the fact that he wasn't 
um, even reached out to or given a heads up that it's possible that they'd draft a quarterback to blindside him with something like that. You're asking him to be upset by that. You're asking him to get aggravated. You're asking him to demand to leave this team. And that's just poor management. Obviously, it starts with Brian Gutekunst. Um, and it starts with Mark Murphy as well. I think both of them have done a very poor job handling this situation, considering both of them have large experience in the Brett Favre saga of 2008. The fact that this has become a reality once again um, really puts uh, just a damper on, on the entire, you know, no matter what the Packers have done, as successful as they've been, as many wins as they've had, as well as of a roster they've put together over the years, uh, they just, you know, the fact that they're really, they're not, they're not appreciating Aaron Rodgers enough, and they've failed now uh, on two separate occasions to uh, keep their their starting quarterback uh, happy or at least content with this team. Many, many, many different things over the years, whether it's like you mentioned, the guys they haven't re-signed, the guys they've released. He just hasn't been given a heads up regarding anything, and he gets blindsided. Uh, and, and at first, I can tell you for a fact that he has always talked about being the guy who, want, he, you know, he's the quarterback. He's not the GM. You know, he understands his role. He's said that plenty of times. But he's also, you know, he's not some just random guy. He's not some rookie quarterback. He has built more for this team than Mark Murphy, than Brian Gutekunst, than any of them combined have built for this franchise. And Rodgers deserves input. He deserves uh, a heads up, and he deserves recognition regarding all input on all moves. I think he deserves that. And, and I, you know, that's not a fan thing to say. That's not, you know, to me, that's just the truth. You're not talking about any player. You're not talking about an employee. This is the guy who helped you build this thing. And he's been carrying this team for years. I think he deserves more than just input. He deserves really to have a say, a strong, strong voice in that management room. Uh, and instead they've alienated him. And now, you know, the management deserves every single bit of criticism they're getting as they've let this situation come up once again, um, this time even worse because Aaron Rodgers has been better than Brett Favre and, and they've now let it get to a point where um, the fact that they're even risking losing him and letting him leave this building is just unbelievably terrible for this franchise. And it would be a, a really sad day to see Aaron Rodgers walk out the door. Yes, it would. It would. Just it's just been such a depressing four days. Thinking that as maybe a likelihood at this point, but uh, we got a long summer to go. I mean, this situation it's it's not exactly like the Brett Favre situation where it's kind of the opposite, where Favre wanted to come back, but Green Bay did not want him. They were ready to move on. Whereas <laughs> this time, Aaron does not want to come back, and the the Packers are desperately trying to bring him back. I mean, three different plane trips: Matt Lafleur, Mark Murphy, Brian Gutekunst, privately going to visit him in California. I mean, <laughs> that's the same exact thing that they did with Brett Favre down in Mississippi. Um, it's just you you think they would learn a lesson about how to handle your superstar Hall of Fame quarterback, but here we are back in the same situation. Um, it's it's going to be in. We knew it was going to be an ugly transition. I mean from Rodgers to love. We knew at some point there was going to be a transition and it was probably going to be ugly. And now here we are. Yeah, for me, honestly, I, I think the one aspect of this whole situation um, that really isn't getting talked about a lot is Matt LaFleur's, you know, impact on all of this, his situation in this entire, you know, dramatic saga, if you will. I, I think Matt LaFleur really is kind of at the center of all of it, but at the same time, I feel like has very little influence on the whole situation. To me, this is because all these reports coming out about, you know, Matt LaFleur over the years, there's been a couple regarding 
the idea that he doesn't have a lot of say in the personnel decisions either. And to me, that was surprising at first, but I've continued to hear tidbits of information from guys like Adam Schefter, you know, side comments uh, regarding Matt LaFleur's, you know, input on personnel decisions and acquisitions and even the draft. And I, I hear more and more that he doesn't have a ton of pull in that room regarding player acquisition. So to me, that points to a sign that he really doesn't even have much of a role in the front office, um, which kind of leaves Mark Murphy, Russ Ball, and, and, and Brian Gutekunst to handle that. And then in terms of, you know, his relationship with Aaron, I definitely think that, you know, Aaron has a lot of regrets about that last NFC Championship game, but Matt LaFleur does as well. Um, but other than that, you know, other than the way it's ended the past two years, I think that relationship is strong. But I just think Matt LaFleur doesn't have enough influence in that building. As, as crazy as that sounds, my theory is that he just doesn't have enough influence in that building, even if he's the one that's on Rogers' side and that Rogers is siding with him. I'm not sure he has enough influence to really direct either direction, uh, excuse me, direct either either side in the right direction. Um, and that's that's really, you know, he's at the center of it all, being right between the player as the head coach and right between the front office as the head coach. He's, he's the middleman, basically. And I don't think he has enough pull in either direction to kind of make an impact. And it's crazy to even think about, but I want to hear your thoughts on that, Griff. I, I feel very bad for Malafleur. I mean, there's really not much he can do. He seems like the, <laughs> the most upset by this entire situation because he's going into this season preparing for Aaron Rodgers to make a return to the team, obviously, for uh, for another run at a title with Rodgers at quarterback. He's not ready to go to love just yet. Um, I, I just feel bad for the guy. I don't... There's been conflicting reports, I feel, about his involvement in the love the love pick. I mean, some have said that he had no idea they were going to pick love, and then obviously, I mean, I, th- I think we all thought he he knew it was going to happen or potentially could happen. So who really knows if how much sway he had in that decision. But I, I do feel bad for the guy. He's kind of been spoiled. He went from Marcus Mariota in, in Tennessee, and he came up here to got to play with Aaron Rodgers, who he described as the best to ever do it. And uh, he, they've, had, they've won 26 games over the two years, so... It's probably he's probably the most affected by this entire situation, knowing he might have to might have to go to a rookie quarter or a a quarterback who's never played a snap in the NFL this season. So of course he desperately wants Rodgers to come back. But yeah, like you said, I don't know how much how much his opinion really matters in all of this. I don't know. Aaron obviously has respect for the guy, loves working for the guy, loves the offense that he's built, but I don't know if Matt LaFleur is enough to bring him back. I mean, side note, Aaron's top locations reportedly are who the 49ers the Raiders and the Broncos uh, if he wants to go to Las Vegas to play with John Gruden I mean I I I cannot think of a, a worse situation to be in coming from Green Bay going all the way out to Vegas to play in that offense with a worse defense with probably worse playmakers around him um so <laughs> I think that would I think that would suck for Aaron and I think he would regret that decision pretty quickly but um I mean, on Matt LaFleur, I just, I don't know what the man can do. I think it all, it, it's, this is all on the front office to try and repair. I know for a fact that Matt LaFleur will be extremely disappointed and even angry um, if, if Aaron Rodgers is not the starting quarterback in 2021, because I think he knows very well that Rodgers is a ticket to a potential Super Bowl run every year. And to lose that, you know, it puts everybody's job on the line. And I, I've mentioned this before, but you know, if Rodgers doesn't, as soon as Rodgers leaves, if that happens, Gutekunst's job is on the line right away. His job security is cut in half. The same goes for Matt LaFleur. 
you know, Mark Murphy is, is run, his time is almost running out in terms of his age, but uh, he, you know, he, his job is on the line as well. And just about everybody in that building's job is on the line. And if Brian Gutekunst, if Matt LaFleur, if Russ Ball, if Mark Murphy, if they let Rodgers walk out the door, everybody's job, it, it could cost every single person in that organization's job because, you know, that the timeline is all messed up there. And to me, I, I never said, you know, Rodgers is definitely leaving at some point. I still have hope and I have had hope that Rodgers would be able to play like he did last year. Even even right after that pick, I said, if Rodgers plays well enough, you know, it's very possible that Jordan Love never sees the field. 42% of first-round quarterbacks since 2000, since the year 2000, only 42% have re-signed with their first-round teams, the teams that drafted them. And that's not a high number. There's a, there's a strong likelihood that Aaron Rodgers continues to outplay Jordan Love, that Jordan Love isn't very good. Those things are all possibilities. Now, if, if Aaron Rodgers leaves... There is no room for error there. Jordan Love has to be the MVP level quarterback. But there, you know, I don't even want to talk about Jordan Love. I just want to talk about the idea that, you know, now that if they if they somehow let Rodgers slip through their fingers in any capacity, whether it's through a trade, whatever, if they make a decision or allow Aaron Rodgers to slip through their fingers, it will be the biggest mistake in team history. And it will live, you know, it will live on with every single member of that organization. That will be their reputation and that will be their legacy. Uh, so to me, there has to be something, something has to give here. I, I want to hear from him because I, I just doubt that he would truly like just shut down any idea of playing for his team again, the team that he loves so much with the fans. I, I, I'm not going to sit here and say, I, I think he's getting traded. I just don't see it. I, as much as these reports come out, I know that there's a disgruntlement situation. I know that he's upset, but I just don't see a scenario where he plays for another team. It just, it does not make sense to me. The, you know, the organization has to, you know, set everything aside and, and do what's best for the team. Brian Gutekind sounds like he's prepared to do that. Uh, but, you know, whatever that is, they have to do it. I don't know if it's – and I want to ask you about this, Griff. You know, we've talked about this a little bit. But what if what if he does want Gutekunst fired? I mean, what happens? You know, they're, they're not going to trade Rodgers regardless. Gutekunst said in the Sports Illustrated article that he was – you know, when he heard that the first time – he, he had a lot on his plate this weekend, you know, with the draft, but all he could think about was that report. Maybe he has a legitimate fear that Mark Murphy could choose Aaron Rodgers solely due to the fact that they could actually win with Rodgers, but the uncertainty of love still exists, and that's not enough for Mark Murphy. It's not like Mark Murphy picked Jordan Love. He signed off on it, but it's not like he picked him, you know. The, I mean, would there be a decision there? That's an interesting question, but I want to hear your thoughts on that whole report, that whole situation that we're not even sure is true. I mean, yeah, <laughs> we're not even sure if that's true, but uh, if it is true, I, I think it's been way blown out of proportion by whoever reported it and then obviously the media reaction to that report. But um, if, if it's true, it was probably just – it's. Uh, I don't think Aaron made it as clear-cut as, I'm not coming back until you fire Brian Gutekunst. I doubt that happened. I highly doubt that happened. But um, if it did come down to that for Mark Murphy – I cannot imagine that he would fry, fire Brian Gutekunst. I just don't think that's a that's not a Packer thing to do. It's not in their DNA as an organization to choose player over general manager. <laughs> I don't think they're going to side with Aaron Rodgers on that. I think if that's the case, Mark Murphy's going to say, "Okay, Brian, you handle the situation. You try to trade him. You try to let him retire. Let him hold out. Whatever it may be, but we're not going to fire you." And I, I highly doubt that that report is even true. Um, I mean, I think maybe it was something simple like I just don't like the guy and I'm not going to come back because he's there and uh, he's trying to lowball me with an extension offer. But I, I don't think he made it as clear cut as I'm not coming back with Gutekunst in the building.
Yeah, I agree. I, I just don't think it's true because he's never been the type. Like I said, he says he al- he always says he understands his role. I don't think he'd, you know, call for Gudekun's head. I think what's more likely is that he just wants some of those, you know, that input. He wants a little bit of, you know, he just wants to feel like the superstar that he is. He just wants to be treated, you know, with some respect. Um, you know, I, th- I think the one thing the Packers have done, but they've only limited it to the limited it to this is paying him, you know, handsomely over the course of his career. But I feel like, you know, there were reports that he requested, you know, to be the highest paid player in the league, rightfully so. He just won the MVP. He's showing no signs of slowing down. You know, there was a report about that in terms of the contract talks that went on over the past few weeks or, or months, um, that that was one of the one of the things that Rodgers wanted. And they apparently weren't able to do that, obviously, since they haven't come to an agreement. And, you know, that's, now that that's off the table, now that they haven't paid him, you know, at that level that he deserves, you know, that also raises the questions there about, you know, if they're not paying him the way he should be paid and they're not treating him the way he should be treated, Rodgers probably feels disrespected to the point that, you know, he wants, you know, he, he wants some kind, at least he wants to, you know, leverage the team into doing something. Um, or he, I, I, is, is, I don't think he wants to be traded. I, I think he'd be open to going somewhere else, but I don't think he's actively, look, I, don't, I don't know. I just don't see him actively looking to be traded. I don't think he's like done with Green Bay, as these reports say. When Rodgers, you know, all these things that are get reported about Rodgers are usually very extreme. And then Rodgers, you know, talks about it and kind of it's really somewhere in the middle. And I think Rodgers would be open to a trade, but I don't think he's completely done with this team. I just think that there's some things that need to be worked out before he can come back. And he has every right to want some things. He has every right to demand some things, including some respect. Uh, and including, you know, to be paid better and also have some security with this team because they say he's going to be the guy for the future in the long term, but they're not putting the money where their mouth is. And to me, that's what it comes down to. So that it's just such a, you know, we really don't know anything about this whole situation, but that's, I'm trying to sum it all together, put all these puzzle pieces in order. Like, and it's just, this is what I've come to. I, I just don't see a scenario with some of these things playing out where he's not a Packer. Uh, and I don't see him sitting out either. So I'm going to ask you, Griff, I mean, do you see him suiting up? Let's say the Packers keep to their word and don't trade him. And let's say, you know, let's say they don't meet his demands and and there's just a stalemate still. Do you think he would sit out or do you think he would just come and play and just have, you know, and he would play almost, you know, in spite, uh, you know, of what the Packers have done and, and how they've treated him? I mean, I think best case scenario for the Packers is that they come to some sort of an agreement where Rodgers does play for the Packers this season, and that puts another chip on his shoulder, like the Jordan Love thing did, like drafted being drafted number 24 overall did in 2005, because Aaron is at best when he has a chip on his shoulder, and uh, he plays at an MVP level, and this team wins the Super Bowl. So if anything, this could be a pro for Aaron Rodgers' success like the Jordan Love pick was. But, I mean, I'm, I'm going to ask you, Ron, because I just cannot think about this um, at what point does this come to an end where Rodgers is playing for Green Bay this season? Does that mean that he was offered an extension and he signed the extension and he's going to be here for five more years making more money than Mahomes is? Is that the only place that this can come to where Rodgers is playing in Green Bay next season? I don't know if they, I don't even know if Rodgers wants like a five year deal. I, I know that he wants security for the next two years. I mean, at least so he's not sitting here like I have no guaranteed money on my deal. I mean, to me, this is like, well, look at Russell Wilson. Everybody thought he was getting traded, and he even put out a list of teams himself. I mean, his agent literally listed teams that he could go to. He never demanded a trade. There's no, you know, Rodgers hasn't said anything yet. There's no, There's been no demanding of a trade. 
there is all we know is is there there he's disgruntled is the word that everybody's throwing around. I don't know what he wants. The only way it ends is if they meet his demands. Or if Rodgers, I mean, you know, what is Rodgers, like I said, we've talked about this. I don't think he's going to sit out. You don't think he's going to sit out. So what happens then? He plays. That, I mean, what? I don't know what else there is to say, really. I mean, unless something, you know, unless they just, you know, break their, their words that they've been saying, their promises that they're not going to trade him. They've said it probably 50 times in the last two weeks that they're not going to trade him, starting the Monday before the draft, where we all thought it was case closed, Rodgers is our quarterback. And then that bombshell came out on Thursday, and they continued to say, we're not trading Aaron Rodgers. The best opportunity would have been on Thursday. I don't know what it could get to, to where they start finally saying, okay, we're going to trade him. It just wouldn't be, it wouldn't be smart. I don't see it happening. My guess is he ends up suiting up for Green Bay, you know, just like Russell Wilson will this year for the Seattle Seahawks after all this stuff came out that he wants to leave, you know, Seattle. I mean, it's just... It's one of those things where Rodgers, you know, he's leveraging everything he can right now. He's trying to get some of those things that he wants, whether it's contractual, whether it's, you know, getting treated better, whether he wants something done, you know, in the front office, whatever it all is, he's trying to leverage all that now. Green Bay has time on their side, um, considering there's, there's multiple months until training camp. You know, I don't know what happens there, but I mean, Rodgers isn't going to virtual meetings right now. He is holding out of these. It's voluntary, so it's not, you know... I'm not sure he would even go anyway. He doesn't need to go. He's an expert in this offense. I mean, there's just so many variables. How I think it ends is is whatever they do, there's got to be if, – if Rodgers is going to come back um, and, and with a reconciliation, it's going to be probably with a contract. It's going to be um, – and I think it's also going to be with a, a better understanding and, and a kind of a, a meeting of the minds where they come to an agreement regarding you know the future of this team with him in it. I mean, I think the the closest thing we can look at is the Houston Texan, <laughs> the Houston Texans situation from earlier this offseason with Deshaun Watson, where Deshaun was saying he wants to be traded. He's not going to play this season unless he's traded. And, uh, you know, the Houston front office was saying the same things that our front office is saying right now. We're not going to trade Deshaun Watson. Uh, we think we can get past this thing. We think he can we can bring him back uh, to the team in 2021. Uh, but. Before all the legal issues, obviously, with Deshaun, I think everyone assumed that at some point he would be traded. So that situation is very similar to this one where the quarterback wants out saying he's not going to play in the front office saying, well, we're not going to trade you, so what it's going to come down to. Um, Deshaun was saying that he would have – there were reports that Deshaun would just not play in 2021. I mean, I I don't know. I don't, if Aaron says straight up, I'm not going to play this season, I'm fine with whatever money I'm going to lose out on, I'm not going to play, I guess the Packers would, would trade him. I think I think that would happen especially after June 1st, where it's a significantly smaller cap hit for the Packers, I think they would get to that point where they're willing to trade him. But uh, if I, I just don't know, man. I don't know. if Maybe if Mark Murphy and Gutekunst just totally like just simp for Rodgers, say we're sorry, apologize, meet whatever demands he wants, we'll do whatever you want, please, please just come back to the team. We'll give you a 10-year deal. Uh, maybe at that point Aaron would say, okay, fine, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to suit up and play. I just, I just don't know. I just don't know. This whole situation is just such a mess, such a such a gigantic puzzle to put together, especially only relying on uh, outside reporting. And the other thing that just is just so annoying. I'm sure it's annoying for Aaron too. Is that even before this whole situation, 
Brian Gutekunst kept saying, and Matt LaFleur kept saying, Aaron Rodgers is our quarterback for the foreseeable future. What does that mean? What does that mean? Does that mean 2021? Does that mean 2022, 2023? No one knows. They wouldn't say. I mean, now we've gotten the response from Gutekunst that he's our quarterback for the foreseeable future, 2021 and after and beyond. Like, but before that, it was just foreseeable future. What does that mean? Because I'm, <laughs> we were talking about this on the night of the draft, Ron, where there was a report that we did offer him an extension and he declined it. It was probably some stupid lowball offer where all the guaranteed money was packed in years one, maybe two. And then after that, there was no guaranteed, obviously, so we could just move on if we wanted to. I'm sure that was the case with whatever extension we offered him. And Aaron's not stupid. He's not going to sign that because we're just going to be in the same situation we are right now two years from now. So, um, I, he just wants commitment in my opinion. I think he just wants the team to financially commit to him beyond just saying the foreseeable future. They want him to, he wants them to put their name on it, put their money where their mouth is, you know, just, just give him a financial commitment that he's going to be the quarterback. The best way to do that would have been to trade Jordan Love on draft night, which I was half expecting to happen, but it did not happen. I don't know. I, I just cannot see this organization moving on from Jordan Love out of spite almost. I just can't see them doing that. To me, you know, one thing with this draft class was that it was a complete 180 from what we usually do uh, as an organization. It seemed like we filled a lot of needs for this current team as opposed to drafting for the future. Um, you know, whether it's getting a, a bunch of O-linemen that can help create competition all across the line, you know, adding a slot receiver for the first time since Randall Cobb, um, you know, we, we got a defensive lineman. We got uh, you know, a depth running back. We added all these different pieces to the roster that look like they can help us right away, including two corners that I really liked. Uh, it's just like, and, and the, their athletic thresholds were completely different. I mean, there was, it was like they threw the athletic threshold thing out the door almost completely with some of their picks. Um, I don't know what, you know, if this was, I mean, at this point, I don't think a draft class is going to solve Aaron Rodgers, the situation there. I mean, I think, you know, it couldn't hurt. Um, and I think this draft class helps to make the team better right away. And maybe, you know, they're trying to, you know, give Rodgers that kind of hope that they've improved the team with this class. But, you know, either way, this was a, a class that helps the team now. I personally really like the class, um, the, the players they got. My favorite was Amari Rodgers because he had a desire to come to Green Bay. Um, and, and obviously, you know, they made that happen, which was super exciting uh, to see them, you know, finally add that receiver, especially in the slot that they've kind of been missing badly since they – uh, you know, let Randall Cobb walk regrettably. And um, so, yeah, I, I don't know. I love this class. I don't know how it relates to the Rodgers situation, if at all. Um, but to me, that was definitely, you know, let's talk about this draft a little bit, Griff. Tell me, tell me your thoughts on that first round pick, Eric Stokes, the cornerback out of Georgia. I, it sucks that all the Rodgers news broke the day of the draft because it kind of put a damper on everything. I think I'm speaking for all Packers fans there. Uh, Eric Stokes, excited about the pick. Maybe they reached a little bit, but uh, he's got obviously great speed. He says he ran a 4-2-5, obviously was at his pro day, so who really knows about those numbers? But uh, he is a very fast corner. The thing he struggles with is change of direction. Didn't have a very high shuttle three-cone drill time. Uh, he's kind of inconsistent on that front but he is very fast and he's got all the tools in the world to become a great quarterback cornerback so i'm excited about that pick excited about what our defensive coaching staff can turn him into i don't know if he steps in and starts right away like jair alexander did but uh, i think in a couple years he'll be a, a pretty solid addition for the packers optimistically speaking 
Um, outside of that, I think we had, like you said, I think we had a really great draft, a really, really uh, efficient one, uh, addressing all the needs we had on this team, depth-wise and starter-wise. We got a linebacker, defensive lineman, couple offensive linemen, and even a running back thrown in there in the seventh round this time, not in the second round. That's called good value, Braun. Um, <laughs> but I, obviously, I think my favorite pick is Amari Rogers because we finally drafted a receiver. First time since 2018, I believe, we drafted a receiver. Um, he looks very promising. Gudikun said that in the second round, they were d- down between Amari Rogers and Josh Myers. Josh Myers, who we ended up drafting. drafting, And uh, we ended up getting Rogers in the third round. So that's that's a steal right there. Steal and a half, if you will. Uh, it sucks that we may never get to see Rogers to Rogers like we did back with the old great tight end, Miracle on Motown. Shout out. But um, hopefully... Uh, hopefully, if anything, that <laughs> that convinces Rodgers to stay a couple more years, knowing that we got a high upside receiver. The thing about him, though, is that he is kind of a slot-only wide receiver. I know Matt LaFleur said that uh, he, he thinks he can play on the outside, but in college, he did not do much on the outside. So slot-only receivers kind of have a tough, tr- tough translation to the NFL, but uh, obviously he's built like a running back, run, runs like a running back. Defensive backs do not want any business tackling him. And uh, I think Matt LaFleur is going to be go really, really crazy with him in the offense. Uh, imagining a backfield with him and Aaron Jones or A.J. Dillon, uh, I think that's that's very promising. And uh, the PFF comp for Amari Rodgers was Ty Montgomery, and the NFL Network comp for Ty, uh, Amari Rodgers was Randall Cobb. So two Packers greats. Both have experience playing in the backfield. He's built like both of them. So, and like you said, um, we haven't had a slot receiver, like a true slot receiver with Matt LaFleur, uh, on the headset. I mean, Geronimo Allison, (laughs) we tried with him in the slot, but he did not show much. So it's nice to have like a actual guy for those three wide receiver sets that we can, that we can put inside and just let him go to work. I think Amari specifically is so, I feel like he's one of the more pro ready receivers in the draft just because he's been working with an elite quarterback in Trevor Lawrence, obviously at Clemson. Uh, he's got all those, um, all those skills that you're just like excited about because he's such a hard worker. He has a desire to come in and work right away. He spoke about wanting to play with Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams, you know, months before the draft. So I'm just excited to see him a polished pro ready receiver come into the system right away. And, and hopefully have a lot of success with Aaron Rodgers. Uh, optimistically, I'm speaking there, and and uh, optimistically, you know, obviously Devonte Adams as well. Uh, at least you know we'll, we'll be for sure that Devonte Adams will be on the other side. Um, I think you know Rodgers will really appreciate a guy like him if if he were to come back. So um, to me, that was a great pick, and I, I'm like you said, the idea that they were gonna Gutekunst talked about this potentially, you know, pick him in the second round. They were deciding between. Josh Myers and him, like you mentioned, they went with the O-line just because of uh, the value, the positional value. It's more important for the O-line than a receiver. Um, but they, you know, the fact that they were willing to trade up and get him obviously shows how much they like him and, and how much they think he can help the team, especially right away. As, you know, not just on offense, maybe even in the Tyler Irvin role in the slot, but also as a kick and punt returner. Matt LaFleur mentioned him as a dual threat guy um, for the team to be able to, you know, return both. So, Love that pick. Definitely my favorite pick. And and I love what we did in the cornerback room. We brought in a guy right away, Eric Stokes, to compete, you know, maybe even push Kevin King for the starting job, but if not, provide excellent depth because he's such a raw athlete and, and he's got a ton of speed. But also we brought in Shamar Jean Charles, who's a great productive slot guy um, from Appalachian State, you know, not, uh, not a big school, but he was very productive. Um, and he seems like, you know, a guy that probably fell to us uh, it was a great value pick, kind of a steal, um, where we were able to add like a legit corner 
um, to help compete in the slot as well. So to push Chan and Sullivan. And, and like I said, you know, we've got a ton of depth at that spot now. It's exciting because you've got, I feel like in all these different spots where we were like, okay, we might need to add somebody here and there, you know, defensive line, we brought in a big body. We've got Kingsley Kiki and we've got some vets to round that out where we can compete. And then the only other position that we didn't really add depth was middle linebacker where we got Isaiah McDuffie late. Gutekunst wanted to trade up or, or wanted to get a, a middle linebacker early. But, and, you know, he came out and said that they're going to look to possibly add a veteran there in free agency. So it feels like they're really getting all these holes in order um, and, and really getting this team prepared to, uh, to win a, a championship right now. Of course, that all hinges on what Aaron Rodgers does and if they can get him back in the fold. But, it, you know, I'm going to assume that he somehow plays for us in 2021. And if that's the case, uh, you know, I think we're set up for great success this year. And I, I think our roster is even better than last year. Yeah, I think this was a great draft for that reasons, for win now reasons. I mean, that's not very Green Bay like to to draft for now, to draft for need, to bolster your roster through the draft for a Super Bowl run. But that's what this draft seems like. We really attacked every position that we were weak at and uh, helped strengthen strengthened our strengths too. Um, obviously, Rodgers is the big factor there. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, not Amari. If Aaron comes back, obviously it's it's. Uh, it's an automatic chance of competing for a Super Bowl, and it's an automatic playoff ticket pretty much. But uh, that's <laughs> it's no guarantee right now. So it's it's almost kind of like seems so inconsequential this entire draft if Rodgers isn't on the team. But if he is, this team is looking very, very strong, and there's really no real weak spots on it. Um, they lost, obviously, Corey Lindsley in free agency. They spent a second rounder on Josh Myers, and I trust the Green Bay Packers front office full stop when it comes to draft, drafting offensive linemen on day two or three because they've been nothing but rock solid on that front. And then, uh, you know, we get a high upside corner in Stokes and Amari Rogers, who I'm sure Matt LaFleur is already designing plays for. Uh, Amari Rogers is like a he's like a true Tyler Irvin, just built for that role where Tyler Irvin was, you know, speedy but couldn't really didn't really add anything anything to the offense other than the speed, but Omari Rogers, I really believe, is almost like a unicorn, just built for something that no one else on the team can can offer right now. And uh, it's just just bringing Aaron back now has to be the number one priority, just so this this team is really ready to compete for a Super Bowl with an with an elite quarterback, with an MVP quarterback. And I, I don't know what other teams Aaron's thinking about. I don't know if that three team report is true, but I don't know how many teams are better for him right now than the Packers are considering you got Devontae Adams, you got receiving help, defense is looking strong with a new defensive coordinator, offensive line is still strong, Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon, they're all back. I, I just don't know. <laughs> I don't know if he's going to come back, but it looks it looks like this team is pretty strong. Yeah, I to me, you know, regardless of what reports of like a list of teams like that could be there or who would be interested, I don't think we're trading him regardless. So to me, that shuts the door on him going anywhere else. And Rodgers knows that, I think he knows that he has the best chance to win here. And to me, you know, winning would cure everything. If they can go, if Rodgers gets back in this in this locker room, even if, they, even if they don't come to terms, but Rodgers just says, all right, I'm going to play. I'm going to play for this team. I'm not going to abandon my teammates. You know, I think that's going to play a factor. I, I, this is why. I think there's so many factors that could, you know, let him come back into the fold. But I think the one most important is that he loves these, this team. He loves the fans. He loves the organization you know, from just, you know, the team itself, maybe not everybody in the building, but he loves the team itself. And, and I think his desire to compete and, and win a Super Bowl will prevail in the end. And then to me that uh, that's going to, you know, it comes down to that. And if they go out and win a Super Bowl, 
it's going to be hard for him to walk out of the door regardless of what happens. And I think that's, that's one way to mend this whole relationship. If it goes deep into even the season, there's a lot, there's a lot at play. There's a lot at stake. Um, I, the, I'll tell you this, the draft was a step in the right direction to me. What, you know, not just for, you know, trying to cure this Rogers relationship, but just, you know, trying to bring this team to a point where they can win now and improve as opposed to just relying on things that are immaterial to help you win. Um, like, you know, the, you're depending on development of players that may not develop and things of that nature. So I feel good. I feel good about where we're at. And then, like you said, Griff, it all comes down to Aaron Rodgers. as usual with this team. It all, it's all about Aaron Rodgers because he's the, he's the, you know, he's the thing that makes this whole, whole machine go. Um, Brian Gutekunst said that Matt LaFleur said that Mark Murphy is, is all in on Rodgers as well. I, I, they'll find, I, I really feel like they'll figure it out, but if they don't, it's an indictment on everyone in the organization. It's an indictment on everyone, and uh, to me, I just have faith that they'll work this out because I'm going to trust in the team and I'm going to trust in Rodgers. And I just, I, I think you know, fans should be concerned. I mean, every waking moment, I'm thinking about this, but there is certainly uh, a level of. I just think that it's a strong possibility that Rodgers is back, even though all the reports and everybody you hear saying it's not likely and, and even, you know, all these, I, it's just like, I, I just really strongly believe that he'll be back in, in this room with Green Bay. And I'm, I'm looking forward to, you know, competing, uh, this team competing uh, for a championship with him as the quarterback once again. Yeah. Yeah. That's well said. I mean, I'm, I'm optimistic. I'm a Packers fan. I'm obviously hoping for the best, hoping that things can reconcile and he is back in a Packers uniform in 2021. And if he is, we've, we've got a bucket list. <laughs> now we know our days are short, Ron. We got to get up to Lambeau for a game this season. We got to get up to training camp. We got to, we got to do everything. We got to do a meet and greet with him for the Salvation Army this December. Like he, like he has done before. We got to, we got to do everything while we can with this man still in green and yellow. Um, I don't know what else you have to say, Bron. I think we covered a lot here. I mean, obviously, Rogers being such a big story these past few days, we had to get on the pod and just voice our thoughts. And then, obviously, a great draft. Um, I'm excited about the way this team is going outside of the quarterback position. But uh, hopefully, things can things can uh, regroup with Aaron Rodgers and Mark Murphy, Brian Gutekunst, and the Packers front office. Yeah, like I said, I really love the way this team is shaping up this year. Obviously, we all know pending Aaron Rodgers, you know, being in the fold. But, you know, re- regardless of that, I love what we did at the – I just think our wide receiver position is – it went from a position of need to now really a strength on this team. And, and let's let's talk about that for just a minute here. We've got Devontae Adams, obviously the best receiver in football. MVS is truly becoming a rising star. And if he can just cut the drops in half, be a little more consistent, he's going to be – you know, he has the, the potential to be a star in this league. Um, at least as a strong number two to, to Devante. And then Alan Lazard, you know, he had uh, some injuries last year that derailed him a little bit, but I think he's been very reliable when he's healthy and he's had some big games as well. And then you throw in Devin Funches, who's been a true number one at times for Carolina, went into the, you know, he's been hurt. He opted out. There's, there's some uncertainty there, but he is a, you know, he's a low risk, high reward option to be another, you know, really solid contributor for Green Bay. You throw in Amari Rogers, you throw in EQ, a couple young guys developing, I really like where this group is at, especially depth-wise, and I just feel like now that's one thing that Rodgers can probably look at and say, I kind of like this group, and, and I would, I'd be willing to play with a lot of these guys. So um, not to mention the tight ends. You know, I feel like we have a really strong group of tight ends and H-backs there. Offensive line looks a lot stronger than it did you know, a week ago, and I, I, the offense overall looks really good, and I think the defense is on a, a special path as well. You know, as long as Joe Barry's scheme, everybody can get into that quickly and, and kind of get going uh, right out of the gate. 
I'm excited for this team. And I have, you know, as much as it is painful to have watched the last couple of years of losses, we're going to be in it again as long as Rodgers is there. So I'm excited to see, you know, where he takes us um, and and what we can do with an improved roster and hopefully an improved defensive scheme as well. Yeah, that's that's well said, Bron. Uh, I'm excited about the weapons we have on this offense. Robert Tunyon coming back, re-signing Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon, the snowplow, uh, coming back with hopefully more snaps this season. And then you throw in Amari Rodgers and maybe the seventh-round running back. He can he can play a role too. I think Amari Rodgers, I think LaFleur, <laughs> I think he's going to get him involved right away. I think he can just scheme some things open for him, make it easy, that he doesn't have to think too much. He's not going to be too big for the moment. Um, I think, uh, I think Rogers is going to play have an immediate impact on the team. And then obviously Mark was Valdez Scantling, hoping he can just cut down on the drops. That's the only thing holding him back because he's been legitimately one of the best deep threats in the NFL over the past few years. Alan Lazard, he's perfect in this offense, not perfect, but you know, he's a good role player to throw in the mix every now and then. And obviously the foundation is strong with the best wide receiver in football being your number one wide receiver. So I'm excited about the things we have on this offense, obviously barring Aaron Rodgers returning. Um, I think that's I think that's everything, Bron. This was a good discussion we had. Uh, covered a lot of ground. And uh, we'll be back later this offseason to discuss whatever news there is to discuss. Hopefully not much uh, regarding hopefully, Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. But... Hopefully we're not discussing, like, moving on and how Jordan Love oh, is, you know, like, hopefully we're not talking about anything like that. The next time yeah, we talk, hopefully it'll be about Aaron Rodgers, you know, cementing the fact that he'll be here in 2021 uh, and we yes. move forward so that's that's what i'm hoping for for sure and hopefully we don't have to do the top 10 aaron Rodgers moments video hopefully oh, we don't have to do that do a whole sappy little farewell thing hopefully it doesn't come to that hopefully we're we're on here discussing aaron Rodgers signs 10-year deal with green bay that would be that would be nice who knows though it's going to be a long summer folks so buckle up but uh as for me and braun that's going to do it for today's episode thank you all for listening to this point uh we'll be here later this off season discuss whatever there is to discuss and uh you can subscribe to us on youtube spotify itunes where you get your podcasts we'll be there and uh thanks for listening go pack go thanks everyone go pack go